just be used, Lord, in a way, Lord, that can help continue to uh, promote your your name, Jesus, throughout all of the the world, Lord Jesus. And I'd like to ask you, Lord, now for the word, Lord Jesus, that we're about to receive. Help us, Lord, to remove all distractions, Lord, from our minds and our thoughts, Lord Jesus, and that we were able to completely uh, give ourselves to the uh, attention, Lord, that uh, your word uh, deserves, Lord Jesus, and that we are made stronger because of your precious word, Lord Jesus. Bless our brother Gabriel, Lord, and all that we do, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen, hermanos. God bless you, hermanos. Let's continue uh, praising God through attention of his precious word. Amen, hermanos. Dios los bendiga. Amen. God bless uh, everyone this uh, evening. Um, as uh, the Lord prepares the word, prepares our hearts through worship. Um, you know, I, I wrote down a couple of notes just uh, before dismiss the kids. But um, have you ever done anything in your life that you weren't prepared for? That's something in your life that you haven't been prepared for. Painted a room started working on something and there's a little bit more than what you could handle. You think, you think of some things that you've done here recently, anything here recently that you've done that you, you might want to share. Do we need to get a microphone going around a project that never got finished? Um, you know, it, it, what was the level of that you would say of, uh, I don't know, maybe embarrassment or just feeling bad. I mean, was it, a pretty high one. I mean, these are all personally, you can ask, answer yourselves, you know. You know what would you have done different as you fin- if you finished it? Maybe it's not finished yet, so you're like, I'm actually open to some advice to, to get it done, but what would you have done different? You know, started a project like working on something, you know, working on a car and the car's still broken down in the back of my shop. So it hasn't been completed yet, you know, but what would you do different? You guys ever think about those moments? Like, what would I do different starting something and not, maybe not finishing it? You know? And I guess the last question I have for you is, you know, have you made that same mistake again? So you're thinking about a recent one. Could you go back, you know, a few months or even a year and say, you know what, I've done that before? Just simple questions, you know, just I may be seated. God bless the kids this evening. I was thinking, how prepared are we when we come to this place? How prepared are we? We just come to this place because it's a routine. It's Wednesday, it's Friday, it's Sunday. How prepared are we to be here? How prepared are we? And when I say how prepared are we, let's just use it as an example of I'm going to Lowe's because I need to get some material because I'm going to start a project in my backyard and do a garden. And I go to Lowe's and I know what I need, but I go in my car. And I need to get some 10-foot, some 16-footers, some 10 by 16s. I take my car. I ask myself, sometimes we come to this place and we're here physically and we feel 
that's enough to be here physically, but yet we haven't brought the resources to take something with us. I bless the group. Thank you for that, Gabby. We haven't brought the resources to take something with us. You know, what, what is it that you're looking to take with you? Some of us won't bring the resources because we ain't looking to take anything. That's fine. Some of us were prepared and we brought resources to take stuff and we haven't taken stuff. So now we're not prepared to take anything because we kind of feel like, what's the point? I've done this before. I've brought the right vehicle. I loaded up. I just haven't got anything. And I start to wonder how prepared is our heart to receive from God what God has for us. And tonight's message, it's a message that we all, you know, and you've heard of, and it's biblically famous. But we turn to Exodus. Actually, we're going to actually turn to Numbers 20 first. We start hearing about a, the title of chapter 2, it says the deliverer of Israel, which I found pretty interesting, which is Moses. We're going to start reading here in Moses' use or in walk with God. We see this incident in Numbers 20. We see the title here. I'm sorry. I go back to the title. The title, The Difference Between Nursing and Raising. So nursing a child and raising a child. Diferencia entre criar y alimentar. What's the differences on that? Can you think of some differences between nursing a child and raising a child? Anybody think the difference of that? Is there a difference in that? Hopefully, we'll be able to answer that. But we start here in Numbers 20, verse 6. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So let's just state the obvious here that Moses and Aaron recognized where they were at. They were in the presence of God. And before God's presence showed up, it says they did something. Or does it say that God's presence was there when they saw it, they did, they did it? No, it says that they fell with their faces to the ground and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So an action happened first and then a reaction from the Lord happened. I want us to make sure we're, we're, we're following this and understanding that there was an action that happened here. Aaron and Moses, they came in and they, they knew where they were at and they fell to their face. And then the Lord appeared to them. We keep on reading verse 7. 
And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. So let's, before we get too lost on what's going on here, let's just give a preface. Let's, let's give a, an overview where that Moses and the people of Israel are in the desert. Where water is of high value. Would we all agree with that? In the desert, water would probably be better than gold. Gold couldn't get you anything right, but water could probably keep you alive. We see here God telling Moses, Moses, gather the people. And what I want you to do is I want you to go in front of this rock and I want you to speak to this rock and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. So I want you to speak to the rock, but you know, I want you to speak to this rock in front of everybody so everybody can see what you're doing. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. So we're going to stay there just for a second. So we see Moses here. And Aaron, they walk into the presence of God. They drop, their, they drop their faces to the floor. God shows up and gives them this word. I asked you a question. When we come here and, and, and we're, we're in the presence of God, God is in this place where two or three are gathered. It says that the Lord is here, you know, and, and, and some of us will show reference, reverence to that. Honoring him, lifting up our hands, praising him, glorifying him, respecting where our feet are standing at. And we see that Aaron and Moses did the same thing here. And they hear a word from God. And, and, and I mean, it's pretty simple. I don't think, I don't think, I think if I were to tell a child what God just told Moses and Aaron, that, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? He didn't say to twist any dials or. Make sure you put the lever and turn it to the eastward of the sun. I don't, he just said, talk to the rock in front of people and water's going to come out of it. I don't think it gets any easier than that, does it? Am I wrong? Is that confusing? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. He said, talk to the rock in front of people and water's going to come out of the rock. Okay, I got you, God. Okay, I got you. Okay, look, this is, that's, you, you had me go and talk to Pharaoh and, 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 and plagues came. You had me, you know, you know go and, 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 and get in front of the sea and put my staff and, and, and something big had to happen. You would just think that this is kind of getting easy now for Moses, right? Or you wouldn't. If you had success... In your past, with what God has asked you to do, you would think that this would get easier, not harder, right? Is it just me? So we see Moses and Aaron, and they're hearing this, and we keep on reading here. 
And Moses took the rod before the Lord. So he grabs his rod. Because you remember what the rod was. The rod was pretty powerful, right? The rod, you remember when the rod showed up, the burning bush, the rod was there. God says, grab that rod, throw it down, turn into a snake, grab it by its tail. It turns into a rod. Pretty, pretty powerful thing. And he still got the same rod. Rod that he put in the water. The water's opened. So the Lord says, you know, go to this rock, speak to this rock in front of people. So Moses, I got you. I got you. I got it. I don't think Moses, it didn't say Moses had bad memory. How many of y'all, you, you know, my son, I said, hey, go tell your mom this. And he's repeating it all the way while he's walking. Dad told me to say this. And then dad wanted me to do this. And then, hey, mom, dad told me to say this. And dad wanted me to do this. Because he has bad memory. And it's funny, we laugh because by the time he gets to his mom, it's totally opposite from what I said, right? So we all start laughing. When we're in a restaurant, we tell him the same thing. Hey, go tell the waiter we need a spoon. Uh, my dad, don't go get a spoon. Um, and he comes back with a knife. I get confused, he says. Well, we don't see here Moses happening to him but so what it says here it says Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him in verse 10 and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together all right looking good so far looking good so far right that's what God said get people together get them in front of the rock speak to the rock so we're check people are there there's a rock check Right, looking good right now. It's exciting. This is good. This is something big's going to happen, right? So gather the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, hear now, ye rebels. What? I missed that part. Must we fetch the water out of this rock? Question mark. Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote. The rock twice. But he must have done something. It must have been all right. Because look what it says. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank. And the beast also. So, so, then, I mean, that's still pretty powerful. He didn't, he, he, he was, he checked off number one. He got people together. Then he went rogue. He went on his own here. He calls them names. He shows a little bit of his frustration and says, must we get you water, bring water right to you. Lifts up his hand and hits the rock. Not one time. Oops. Accidentally hit it. The long rod, I was turning and I hit it twice. And water comes out of the rock. And we see here that we might not see here. We see here that Moses and Aaron were in the presence of God and they, and they, and they, and they showed 
that they were in the presence by getting on their face and, 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 and a sign of worship and, and a sign of, I, I, I believe you, God. I believe you're here, God. And, 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 and you just command me what to do, God, and, and I'm going to do it, God. And yet... They disobey God. What is God trying to tell us here? What is this, what is this thing that was in Moses that made him speak out? With some hurt. Moses sounded hurt there, didn't he? Tired, angry. Why was Moses angry? I had provided for them. I mean, food fell from the sky. Clouds were over their heads in the desert. And yet, Moses was frustrated. Prepares everybody and decides that I'm going to do it the way I feel. I need to do it. Ask you, you know, I asked you if you were prepared to be here. Now I ask you the question, are you prepared to receive what God is asking of you? Some of us, we come here, and, and again, we show, we, show, we show the respect out of this place, and, 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 and you know, we'll clap our hands. We'll, some of us will lift up our hands and worship God. But, but when the time comes to do what God is asking of us, we find ourselves disobeying. Now, I want to rewind it back because I kind of want to understand what's going on with Moses here. I mean, Moses saw all these things. I mean, I, to me, if I've had, you know, if I had as much success as Moses did, I would be thinking like, man, you know, all right, God, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you let go of the people. I saw that miracle when death came and it took all the firstborns. And, 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 I, and, I, and I saw the Red Sea open. I saw the snakes in the desert and, I, you know, biting and, and you told me to do what I did and I did it. But now we get to this point where it's close to the end, where the promised land can be seen, but I haven't entered yet. I want to understand where was Moses at mentally, and if we're going to turn, we're going to go ahead and start reading in uh, in Exodus two here. Exodus two one, if we can turn there. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bared a son. And when she saw him, who was a goodly child, he, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him from the ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child in pretty much the basket and she laid it in the flags by the river brink. We keep on reading here. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. So we see here Moses is born in Egypt at a time where Pharaoh was seeing 
the Israelites growing because they didn't have cable. You got cable? Stop having kids. Having too many kids get cable. They didn't have cable. So they were kept on growing. So Pharaoh sees it and says, whoa, wait a second here. These people are growing here. I need to. So he says, hey, any males that are born here, we're going to kill them. And so the mom's afraid. And we got mothers here with children and God only knows what you would do to protect your child. So this mother is afraid and she hides him. Because about three months, they get loud, huh? Some would say louder earlier than that. But about three months, they, they get their lungs, don't they? It's that cute, it's that cute little smirkering when they cry, right? And you're like, but three months coming into it, they're shaking that house, aren't they? Some of y'all remember that? Some of y'all ain't remembering that, huh? Better, better, you better write that one down because the sound goes away. So she gets a basket with reeds and all this stuff, and she makes a basket out of these reeds by the riverbank. His sister is watching. And so she's watching and saying, what's going on here, Mom? What you doing over there? Over there by the river with a baby? A lot of questions going on here. We keep on reading. Verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? So listen to this. Let, let, let's, let's make sure we're catching up here. I'm, I'm taking it as slow as I can. That way we could just make sure because we were like, oh, I know this story. I'm, this is boring. I got it already. But sometimes you know a story, but you don't know a story. You, you don't know the details of the story. So we're seeing here that they had, this, they had Moses in a basket, and, and, and they didn't plan it. They didn't say, hey, at 1130, Pharaoh's daughter comes down here. And... But somebody else had it planned. And so Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses. And on top of that, his sister goes and tells her, do you want me to get somebody to help you? I can find somebody to help you with Moses, a Hebrew woman to nurse him. We keep on reading here in verse 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go, and the maid went and called the child's who? Who? Come on, wake up. Are you prepared? There's a lullaby where he got you asleep of Moses's. So he calls, I mean, come on, this is working out good here, isn't it? Because now Moses is saved. 
by Pharaoh's daughter, and then Moses' sister gets Moses' mother to raise him. This is working out good. Right? It's got to have a good ending here. So we see here, he goes and gets Moses' mother, and we keep on reading. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of water, which makes sense, right? So, so we see here, Moses' mom got to keep him a little longer, but didn't get to keep him. But Moses is alive. Moses' mom got to spend some precious time with him. And then the daughter of Pharaoh got him, right? Go back to the title of tonight's message. I have a question for you. If it was just about nursing him, if it was just about nursing him, then, then it would have been fine, right? Because he was nursed by his mother and, and he would have been brought up in things that were different from the thoughts of Pharaoh's daughter and the Egyptians. But nursing him was just a phase of his life. It was just something that needed to get him somewhere. The raising of him. And we see here that Pharaoh's daughter raised him after that. So there's times that we find ourselves, for parents that are here, we find ourselves and we think it's enough feeding, physically feeding our children. Or, 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 or having a roof over their head. Like that there's going to be a form of appreciation for that. We even use that as a term, don't we? You, you, you better respect me. I feed you and, and, and you have a roof over my head. Man, it's just the famous one we want to use, right? But the problem is here that it's more than there's the nursing side of it if we're not raising them into understanding things. We see Moses here, and this is Moses early on, right? So let's just write down a couple of quick things here. Moses is abandoned by his parents. He's abandoned by his parents. So we already got somebody with abandonment issues. I mean, it's interesting that God picked Moses. He saved Moses, and and he took Moses through a process. But it's interesting that God picked somebody that really had no people. He had no people, right? Because, as some would say, you know, he was too Egyptian to be Hebrew, too... Hebrew to be Egyptian. Kind of in limbo. You ever find yourself in limbo? A little bit too, too religious to to reach the world? 
a little bit too worldly to be accepted religious? Kind of in that awkward state. We see here that in Numbers 20 that he was speaking with anger when he hit that rock and disobeyed God. Many of us find ourselves speaking or doing something from something that happened so long ago. I don't know why this is in me. I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know why I act like this. I don't know why I am like this. I don't know why I do these things. This is in me. I don't know why this void that's in me is causing me to do these things. We keep on reading here in verse 11 in Exodus 2.11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren... I find it pretty interesting that I'm over here thinking that Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter raised him, right? So I'm thinking that when he's saying this, I mean, there was no gap here, right? There was, it went from 10 to 11 here. I don't think there was other verses that were in here, but I, I find it pretty interesting that it says that when he, he went to his brethren. So, so I'm over here expecting, oh, he's going to go hang out and play soccer with, you know, his Egyptian buddies, and they're going to ride, you know, some horses, some chariots. Oh, okay, that's the way the movie portrays it, right? The, the, you guys know Moses by the movie. But we see here that he went out to, unto his brethren, and he looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So I don't know, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, his, his skin color, I'm sure the story of him, I'm sure it got through the years it went around and, and people realized that he was Hebrew. And so he, he considered himself, even though he was raised Egyptian, he kind of con- still considered himself. So he goes out one day and he sees, uh, it says one of his brethren being beaten by an Egyptian. And we keep on reading here in verse 12. And he looked this way and that way. Whoa, this is what's interesting to me. So, so Moses sees this, right? It doesn't say the distance, but then it says that he kind of started looking around. Anybody seen this? What's going on here? So there's some thought of reference here of looking to see what he was about to do to see if he was going to get caught in it. So he looks around and he says, he saw that there was no man. He killed this Egyptian. Moses, come on. Remember the guy that walked into the tabernacle and put his head on the ground and God was using him and, and God ends up using him to deliver God's people? This, he killed a man. You kill a man? You kill a man? You kill anybody? And yet we come to this place sometimes. We don't feel worthy to lift up our hands or praise God or glorify him. We feel so vexed because, well, you got, some, you, got, you got some issues at home. You got some issues at work. He killed a man. And he planned it. Could you say he planned it? I would say he planned it if he looked around and said, hmm, saw that nobody was there watching him, and he slew the Egyptian, it says, and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. 
So he goes back out the second day. So, 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 so he, he didn't get caught. Come on, got, get away. Yes. Righteous, right? It was, it was, I mean, it was, come on, it was a righteous kill, right? Right, he got away with it. Yes. Because it says the second day came and he, and he went out there. And, and he goes out there and, and he sees, and it says right here, he goes, he saw two Hebrews fighting. Right? Together. And he said to him, because he's feeling pretty good, right? He's got the Superman thing underneath his, his robe here. And he's like, my brothers, why do you fight, you know? Why are you guys fighting? You guys are brothers. Right? He's feeling like the justice. Right? Trying to explain to him, why are you guys fighting? Come on. Did you, you guys haven't heard about me? I, I, I handled business for you yesterday. And, and look at the response from these people. And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? So they, they, they told him this. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptians? Uh-oh. 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 I thought I hid that in the sand. I, thought, I didn't think anybody was looking. Uh-oh. We got a problem here now. So they respond back instead of saying, oh, hey, it's this guy right here. He took care of, hey, he took care of oh, 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 Pedro over there. You know, Pedro was, they had some things going on. He's getting bit pretty hard. I'm beaten pretty hard. And, and, and this guy took care of him. So you would have thought, been, oh, yeah, okay, sure, Moses. No, no, no. They, 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 they say, who are you? Are you going to kill us? A little bit of an ungrateful approach, isn't it? For them knowing that he saved somebody from getting beaten. But again, we see here that God has taken Moses through his levels. So, so again, Moses at this time, he, he's too Hebrew to be Egyptian. And he's too Egyptian to be Hebrew. So he finds himself nowhere. And so, mo, 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 you know, uh, I mean, come on, I mean, so Moses says he got scared. Like, whoa, oh man, you know about that? Ooh, okay. Um, okay, so if we go to the next verse. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, so Pharaoh, remember, this is pretty fresh. The blood's pretty fresh. Pharaoh doesn't know about this. Pharaoh knew about Moses because it was Pharaoh's daughter that raised Moses. But once Pharaoh found out about this, he didn't bring him in and say, hey, bring him in here, bring him in. I need to talk to him. Right? You would have thought that that would have right? been like, hey, you know, uh, I know, I know, I know you're not my blood, blood. My, da- my daughter loves you. No, 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 no. Pharaoh got angry and Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And, and, and I like how perfectly planned out this is that God has for him. So we got Moses here in a time, and it wasn't just coincidence. He's born at a time where babies are being killed and slaughtered. He is then saved by who's killing and slaughtering and raised by who was killing and slaughtering. Now he finds himself not fitting in to this situation and he finds himself 
now wanting to react to people that he could say abandoned him, not, maybe not understanding fully. And we see here that now he's on the run. So how do we get, how do we get from where Moses, this is in the presence of God at the burning bush, Moses is in the presence of God to, to, to go hit the rock, speak to the rock, and he hits the rock. How do we get from being, being a child that's abandoned, uh, growing up with anger, killing a man, running, coming back, and freeing God's people, taking this journey in the desert. So the question I have for you is what? What? What do you have inside of you that maybe hasn't awoken yet? What do you have inside of you that takes you from a point of being rebellious to God's commandment. God made it pretty simple. He's like, get the people together, speak to the rock, and the rock water will come out of the rock. But yet, Moses thought, I, I think he meant by that for me to do this. I think he wants me to call them what they are because they're constantly asking for things. And I think he would want me to hit this rock with this stick. This rod that he's given me because it has power. And yet we find ourselves, brothers and sisters, here in this walk with God through years, through beginnings, anything, where we find ourselves and we're, and we're not prepared for these moments because there's still something inside of us. There's still something inside of us that hasn't been dealt with yet. And it doesn't matter that we come here and we pray. It doesn't matter that we come up here, we sing a song. It doesn't matter that we put on the role. If we're not obedient. And you find yourself not being obedient. And you're giving room to the devil to lullaby you to sleep. And you're still on level one, day one of the desert. And what's so impactful about Numbers 20 is that right after this happened, God told Moses, he goes, you know what? It's because you did that. You see the finish line right there? The finish line's right there. And you ain't going to enter. Oh, that can't be God. Come on. My God is love. My God would not do that. My God is merciful. My God is gracious. My God is. But we see here God commanding Moses, and taking Moses on a, on, a, on a journey here, on a voyage here with him. And yet, and yet, something was still there from the abandonment, from the hurt. That caused him to kill a man. Because the anger here, and it's interesting. It's, think about this for a second. Let's just use anger as an example here. We could use anything. So think about 
Can you think about the last thing you're angry about? Anybody? Get a microphone and talk to you? Oh, Velma can't think about 30 seconds ago, Velma. Velma's like, can you think about what you're angry about? Socks being on the floor, it doesn't matter what it is. One thing I'm going to tell you about anger that's interesting is that you cannot have anger without a trigger. Can you? Because whatever you're going to think about, it was, something triggered it, right? And yet, we find out here that Moses, this anger that was in him, this anger was triggered by something, seeing his brethren getting beaten here. Anger came out that caused him to kill a man. Then we see here he's in the presence of God, which you would have thought would have figured out everything, right? God, God, and being in God's presence fixes everything, right? many religious people we got here tonight that you've been being in God's presence all these years and, and you're still numbers 20. I, and I find this interesting because we see here that being in God's presence is where things are going to happen is where the voice of God's going to come out. But being in God's presence is not going to have a change unless there's obedience. This is where the change begins. This is where the change is birthed in obedience. Just being in God's presence. I mean, you can see, I'm going to give you another example of being in God's presence for Moses. So Moses goes up the mountain, right, to get the Ten Commandments. He comes down from the mountain. They said he was glowing so much because he was in God's presence. Now, you, you, you know glow that you put on and you're just like, oh, look at me in the light, selfie time. This is a glow from being in God's presence, he has such a glow on him that they had to cover him. Because he, he would have been hurting people. Because he was, he was so in God's presence during the tablets being written on that he came back shining, glowing. And yet... We see Moses here in Numbers 20, still broken. And I ask myself, what, what's going on here? You know, some of us, you know, some people can think, well, what chance do I got of Moses? I mean, the Red Sea opened up. The chance you got is that we're, these have been left for us to, study and to get into and to ask ourselves, God, what are you telling us through this example of Moses? It's quiet in here. It's good, man. This is good. I like it quiet. And that's scary. So, you know, my question is to you, do you hold, do you hold on to pain? How many of us are holding on to pain? You know, so how many of us are, you know, holding on to some form of pain that you just, it's your comfort, Right? Kind of your comfort, it kind of, you know, I've called it before when I, you know, when I would, was in youth, I used to say, you know, you hold on to it just to see if you have a pulse, right? Sure. I got that pain there. It still shows me that I'm feeling. How do you, how do you cover the pain up? Because 
if you cover the pain up, if you're covering the pain up with achievements, there's a way of covering the pain up with achievements, right? Oh, so-and-so so good. Oh, man, he's doing this now, and he, and he does this, and, and they got him doing this now, and oh, man, they gave him this title now, and this and that. And we start, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, got a promotion, yeah, mm-hmm. But there's still something in us. And, 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 and we try to feed it. And people like that that are very driven, 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 success, driven, 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 success, driven, 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 success. And yet, it's just medicating pain. So it doesn't matter what you're accomplishing and what you're doing if there's still something here that you're holding on to. Are we holding on to something? Have we not given this thing up? The question I have for you is, can, do, can you recognize what the problem is? Can you go back to the basket in the riverbank? Is that where you reside every day when you try to find acceptance from people? Oh, like me, like me, please. Can you like the post that I, can you like, can you, can you like the thing I just, like me, like me? Can you like me? Can you like me? Like me. Like me, like me, like me. You like me? Like me. And we live in a society of wanting to be light and not even being known. Because there's something, a void in us. And this void will 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 react will 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 show up will explode in moments something will happen and 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 that was out of character for you where's my pizza I don't even know where that came from but it was out of character funny good example right now right I can't beat that one like pastor said about sister finally they're taking too long on her pizza. I never heard my mom yell before. But where was her pizza? Oh, because there's something there that's lacking. And again, the achievements, the achievements. Oh, you know, I do, I do this, I'm this, I, I'm doing this, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, and this, and this. Oh, brother, you always do this. Brother, you're doing this. Brother, sister, sister, you're always doing that. You're a blessed sister. Sister, you do it. This, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. But this still allows the snake to come out. Because God's word isn't getting to this. Because the achievements are blocking it. Oh, you're so good. You're always helping out people. You're always doing these things. Achievements. I don't know who this is for tonight. It's quiet. It might be for the whole church. Praise God if it is. We 
turn here to Jeremiah 29, 11. I, you know, we, we, we read these, these verses before, and, and again, you know, some of you can recite them, but don't fully understand the impact that they have in moments that we're talking about something that's so deep. We don't understand the impact of this verse to something that we're talking about so deep, which is us holding on to something that may not allow us to enter into the promises that God has for us here. We might be walking around. We might even knock on the door to our promise, but we're not entering into these promises because we're holding on to things Resentment, hurt, pain, anger, that God cannot get into a place where these things are at. God cannot dwell where anger's at. God cannot dwell where, where, where the hate's at. God cannot dwell where evil thrives. And God cannot dwell for long in the hurt. Listen to me when I say there. Because if I'm in the hurt, you guys could be like, oh, it's not right. God does dwell in the hurt. No, 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 no. Don't, don't make God, a, don't make God a, you know, welfare. God comes in and he fixes the hurt. And he says, get up. He doesn't say, oh, you know what? Keep on staying down. You're right. All right. He would always heal somebody and he would say what? Get up. Move. Because God knows that the moment we hear his voice and we're healed, then our faith should move us. Where society wants to hold you at, where, where this world wants to keep you at, is a victim, a victim, a victim, a victim of the crime. I got to go back to the crime because I'm a victim. Because when I'm back there, I don't have to do so much. I don't get so involved in the church. Why? Because I'm a victim. See, the church should understand this, that I, I'm not involved in things. I don't get into the things that I need to do for the church because I'm a victim. I'd rather go back to where, where I'm hurting at. The church will understand. And we see Moses here, after going through major events with God, we see Moses here still showing this anger from the day that he killed a man. And he didn't make it to the promise. When the words aren't reaching the place that they need to reach to, then the promises can't be given. This is where this place is a terrible place, right? We know Jacob, right? Oh, I saw an angel going up and down a ladder, going up and down a ladder. And I just knew right then and there that this place, that was a terrible place because God's messages were coming up and down. And, and, and this place feels so heavy. So, God, where's the hope? Where's the, you know, I'm going to be blessed. Where, where, where's better jobs? Where's better, better this, better that? Where I came here to feel better. I came here to feel good. I'm right now I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I, I still got something in me. I, I'm feeling like, like, like this is why things haven't happened for me because 
still, I'm still who I, uh, who I was when I was younger. I'm still angry. I'm still, I still, don't, I still react to things. I still get angry. How, how's God reaching here? We find ourselves still in that desert place. What do we do? Well, let's read here Jeremiah 29 because I, I think that this is an important you know, verse here to say because it says, look, it says, for you know your thoughts, right? Amen, Sister Liz said. Just kidding. It's all right. We used to remember, I used to be one of the ones that pastor would say something catch me like that. He says, for I know your thoughts. See, that's awesome that somebody knows our thoughts. Because we think we know our thoughts. We have no idea about our thoughts. Right? Some of y'all are thinking you're hungry right now, and yeah, you could be. Your thoughts change. But God says, I know your thoughts that I think towards you. So, so look, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See, we think we know what God is thinking for us, but he knows what he's thinking for us. We think things, and we got them all figured out. Oh, God wants this for me. You have no idea what God wants for you. Oh, God wants this for me. You have no idea what God wants for you. Oh, God wants to just bless me. You're absolutely right. He wants to put so many trials on you that that demon just, and you're blessed. Say what? I didn't sign up for that. I was talking about a bigger house, a better job, a a easier, what? It's because, see, we don't know his thoughts and how he thinks toward us. But what we do know is his word. And during this process, he's with us. During this process, he's lifting us up. During this process, he's revealing to us what he's doing in this process. And see, some of us, we, you know, we're just, we're, t- we're tired. I'm tired, God. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of this desert that I've been walking in. I've been doing. But God's like, well, you know, I'm kind of tired too because you've been walking around your blessing. I'm kind of fed up too, you know. You know, I'm kind of. I'm kind of worn out, too, because I keep on seeing you. I'm thinking, oh, she's going in. She, oh, she did not go in. Oh, he's going to go. He's going. Oh. And it becomes disappointing when God makes it so simple. Moses, go to the rock. Get people. Speak to the rock. And the rock's going to give water. I mean, right? I mean, we could probably make a song out of that, right? And do it. But yet something that was so simple, something inside took over. Took over. What inside has taken over you? It's holding you back. How many marriages here are still suffering from things that they've suffered for years? Nobody wants to change. Nobody wants to take the high road. There ain't no high road in, 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 in this marriage, right? It's going to be even kill. Single lane. 
You wait for me till I pass it through, then when I'm past you, you could come through. Things don't get fixed because there's something inside that's still broken. It's broken. You, you know what it is. You, you got abandonment issues? You, you, got, you, got, you got abuse issues? got hurt because all those things remember that, that that has triggered the anger the rebelliousness the 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 pride but where did i get this pride from why i got this pride well the pride is kind of what you've used to coach yourself to heal but you're still broke do we know what the issue is Because the moment we testify this issue and we give it to God, the moment we testify this issue and we testify against this issue and we give it to God is the moment that God can now fill the void. Oh, but I've done it, brothers and sisters. I've gotten up and I've said this and I've done this and I've asked this and and, and yet that void's still there. see, See, look, look, look. You could be in the presence of God. But the thing is, is that God has given you the word and yet disobedience because you can see in the presence of God, kneel to my face, I go outside and yet I do everything opposite of what God told me. So when I find myself in this rebellious state, I've got to go back to what the problem is here. Where is the problem at? Do I know my problem? Do I know what I struggled with when I went through my phase of rebelliousness, of hurt? You know what it was for you? Because, see, we could hold on to that and we can make that, well, this is you know, Brother Nando, you know, I, I, I know you might see me sometimes, and, and sometimes you wonder, man, I didn't, wow, Brother Gabe. And I said, that's this, though, brother. This happened. Kind of hold on to it still. My expectation is you to go, oh, okay, brother, okay, I didn't know it was that. Okay, go ahead and, go ahead and keep on being like that then. No. The hope we have for each other is that we identify it and we give it to God. God gives us word to replace the hurt. Jeremiah 29, 11, finishing this verse. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace. I don't want you to be angry anymore. I want you to have peace in your life and not of evil to give you an expected end. Because guess what happens when you don't feel you have an expected end? Your anxiety kicks up. When anxiety kicks up, what happens? Everything goes wrong. Because your anxiety kicks in and you're like, dang, they're coming for me. I owe the bill collectors this. I'm going to lose my job. But then you start to sit back and you say, wait a second here. Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't know his thoughts for me, but I know that he has me thought out from the beginning 
to the end. Because, see, any of these things start to put a wedge between you and your relationship with God. You know, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of annoyed when I'm around people that all they are is, is negative. You annoy me. I ain't looking at anybody. Why is everybody all? Nobody want to look at all. He made no eye contact with me. I love people that are just positive. But I love people that are real too. There's a difference. And the biggest difference is, is that if you're real, then you're really praying for somebody. Because you could be talking about somebody and say, oh, I'm just being real. I'm just, <laughs> just I'm being real. That ain't being real. That's working against what God's asking you to do. Or who we need to be, which is considerate of each other, loving each other. Praying for each other. Hoping for each other. That God can do it for us tonight. That God's reaching us tonight. That enough's enough. I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of of, of of not coming here prepared and not coming to take something with me. I'm not even taking anything with me. I mean, God laid it out. God laid the plans out. I didn't even take the plans with me. Oh, I got a good memory. I remember those plans. And we forget the plans. So what we take out of here and we bring back that void. And I and and then we and then and then and then we and then we have the nerve to stand up and say, I don't know. Why I'm still going through this, brothers and sisters? I need y'all to pray for me because I'm still going through this. And, 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 and we got to get to a point where, 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 where we're real and we're like, I'm going through this because I do it 80%. I'm going through this because I'm 60% in. I'm going through this because I tried it. I didn't like it, so I, I kind of came back over here, did my thing again. And then I came back over here because, you know, but I'm, I'm back and forth. Because God is looking. You know, we see God here picking disciples, and he says, you guys are fishing right now. I'll make you fisher of men. It sounds great, right? It sounds awesome. It, it, I mean, it's pivotal, right? But then we see that Jesus dies. Raised again. What does he find him doing? Fishing. Because there was still a void. Finds him back. In their old ways. Ah, oh, could this be? They, were, they walk with Jesus. They talk with Jesus. They saw Jesus physically healing people. They experienced miracles. They, some of them even received miracles in their lives. And yet, that void was still there. And we read here that Jesus tells them, you know what? I'm leaving, but I'm sending you something. I'm sending you a comforter because that comfort is what you need in you. You need me in you, not with you. Because I was with you and I wasn't in you. 
So when I came back, since I wasn't in you, you were back to your old ways. You were back doing your old things. But this time, this time, this time when I go, I'm, I'm sending you something. We talk about the Holy Spirit. Not yet being activated in us. Help us, God. Help us to receive, God, what you have. If we turn to Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. You see here, we, we know, I mean, well, some of us, you know, we, we, we know that our God is is a God that's going to that's going to show up when we need Him to show up. See, some some of us know. I mean, we know it's like, man, we know these verses, right? We see our kids; they'll get up here and they'll beat us in, in games if you know we see that. But they'll get up here and they'll read it and like, oh, oh, that's such a. You're right, Amen. He is. He is that. But yet, yet, it's around us, but it's not in us. And so we get up the next day, and, 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 and our fuse might be a little bit longer because it was just Wednesday night service, and we feel convicted, so we're a little bit better, right? You show up to work. I, I know this one. We show up to work. Hey, hey, amen. God bless you. We're a little, we're a little beat, right, because we got beaten up pretty good the night before. I had a good mess. God had to work. Amen. God bless you. We're very humble and all this stuff. And then that stuff starts to wear off, doesn't it? And there we go back into our old ways. And it finally gets to a point where God's like, look, I'm not the one that's broken here, but I'm the one that can fix the brokenness. I'm not the one that's hurt here because you can't, we can't hurt God. We could do whatever we want to do. We can throw anything we want to, throw a tantrum through. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just be as rebellious as I can. I'm going to hurt you, God. We only hurt ourselves. And, and, worse, and the worst thing about this, the worst thing about this inside part, this inside part, the worst thing about this inside part is that it's contagious. I'm, I, I, I'm, how many of y'all are seeing y'all in your kids? Uh-oh. I caught I caught myself. I caught myself. I caught myself. I see, I will see my my short fused little teenager every once in a while. Sometimes. Hey, settle down. Be be better than that. But the only way they're going to be better than that is by the guidance that they get. Because I fed him, and I, and, I, and, and I could tell him, I could tell him, I, I, I fed you. I, 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 I put a roof over your head. How dare you talk to me that way? But I failed to raise him. 
through difficult moments. I thought that was enough, right? We think it's enough. I'm a parent. You know, I feed them. I, I, I have a roof over there. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough for me. But they miss. They miss the victory and the change in us. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful when it's subtle. It's great when it's an when it's an impact. I, I mean, uh, you know, pastor. Uh, one day he's drinking and he's a drunk. The next day he's not drinking and he's not a drunk. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God for that type of change. Amen. But you know what? Praise God also for that subtle one that keeps on improving and their kids are seeing and saying, oh, okay. That's what it is to walk with God. It's to improve. It's to get better. Don't wait. Because we're just prolonging our blessing. I mean, there's people that will hear something and do it. There's other people that are like, well, you know, little by little, little baby steps. I'm gonna take some baby steps. I know, I know God says this. I know, I know I, 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 I don't need to do all of that. And then we wonder why. The void's still there. Pain still comes back. The hurt, the emptiness. Why did this happen? Why did these things go on? Why, why, why is this happening to me? How could, does God really love me? Does God really love me? That's a question that's asked. It's been asked in this church by people here. Does God really love me? Does God really love me? I mean, well, if God loved me, why, why, why am I going through this? Why have I gone through things? If God really loves me, well, why? And I see Moses in this tug of war. God, do do you really love me? Because how was I? Why was I abandoned? Why 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 wasn't my mom and my dad? Why why couldn't they raise me? You see this void here that wasn't fixed. That God wants to show us. God had to use Moses as an example for us of what it is to listen to God and to do it and achieve great things. But what it is not to and to receive condemnation. Help us, God. Because I don't want to be blinded, God, into a thought process of, well, you know, God understands my God understands my weaknesses. Ah, God will be, God will be all right with me. He, he knows, he knows my limits. Woo! He knows my limits. He know, God knows how far I can go, and this is why I'm still. Well, apparently you know how far you can go too, so definitely God knows how far you can go. But I think God knows that you can go further than that. Because the Bible says he's never going to give you more than you can handle. If we turn to 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning, uh, concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now listen to this. Now, now, now. 
you know, when, when, when you're walking with God, when you're walking with God, when you're, when you're, when you're walking with God, when, when, you're, when you're with God and something's happening to you, Um, your thought process is not to be like, well, you know, things happen. Or that was odd. No, your thought process is to to look at the situation, the circumstance. And I like I, I used to like how Pastor used to say, you know, things he'd say, you know. First question is, am I in sin? Okay, mine sin. I, I still remember this because I, I, I was sitting there one day and I remember this. And I, and and if he's hearing this, he he's gonna be like, all right, he heard that good. Am I in sin? First thing, something strange happened to me. Second thing is, am I cursed? Am I not paying my tithes? Am I not giving an offering? Am I not doing things? Because first of all. God wants to separate himself from the sin. Second of all, he ain't about the selfishness. A church that's willing to give of itself, offer of itself, that's what God's about. God came and offered himself. But then the third thing is, and I, and I, and I, and I find this one, this one's the one that nobody wants to believe, but the third one is, is my faith just being tried? So, so we won't go through the list of three things. When we're going through something, we just say, oh, that's odd. That's strange. Uh, I don't know. We won't, we won't break it down into these three things. And we'll say, oh, bingo. I was in sin. Oh, bingo. I haven't been doing this stuff. So that's why my car broke down. Or is my faith being tried? And, and right here, Peter says, you know, think it not strange when you're going through trials and things are happening to you, verse 13. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So, so look. We got these three questions. We got to figure out these three questions because some of you guys are leaving tonight. You didn't take anything, but take those three questions with you at least. Do, 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 do yourself a favor. Take those three questions with you. At least ask yourself those questions because then you can go back to the root of the problem and say, okay, it was this. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Okay, this makes sense now. It was this. It was sin. I'm still... I'm still this person, I, I portray something, but I'm not, uh, you know, or, or, or it's a curse that's on me or, 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 or it's my faith being tested. But, but look, it, 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 one thing that we need to recognize when we're going through these things, that we are partaking, we, we are going through these things as a church, as a body, we're going through these things, as the body of Christ, we're going through these things, and we are partaking in Christ suffering some of us don't know the power of that we, 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 we would rather you know people know like you know if brother anthony could put a close camera shot of me and if everybody could see the sadness in me 
because I know I'm going through this trial right now. And I want, I want Anthony, if you just keep, just keep that camera on me so all the brothers and sisters can see. This is the way we live right here. Just get that camera. It's a tight, like a little tight. Keep it tight because I need brothers to see. I need them to see the pain. And what we, what, we, what we need to see in this process is God working through these things. And we got to see, okay, God, look, you know, uh, it's funny that we, we would want to say enough's enough, God, but God's like, amen to that. Hallelujah. That's the first time we'll probably throw an amen from God saying, amen, you know, that's enough is enough. It's time to change. It's time to let it go. It's time to move on. It's time to get up and move and, and do something. It's time, it's time to change something. It's time, it's time, it's time to, to look at things differently for yourself. It's time to, it's time to start questioning these things. That, and they're not, they're not just oddities. They're not like, well, these are, this is why I'm still the way I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. This is why I have not grown in my maturity spiritually. This is why I still find myself with, with negativity, with, without hope, without, 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 without a dream in God. You know, earlier when I was asking, if you're prepared for here, if we would have passed the microphone around, I said, well, what, was your, what was your expectations in coming to church tonight? What was your expectations? Ah, just, you know, just clocking in and clocking out. Just coming and putting face. I just came to check in and just... I bless all my brothers. Don't want, don't want any brothers and sisters talking about me this week. I bless y'all. I'm going to clock out, get my time. Did you come with purpose? Did you come with a desire? Did you, did, were you expecting something from God? Was God were, were you excited? Were you prepared? Did you bring the right vehicle to load up stuff? Or did you just come because... You're not really an Astros or Dodgers fan. There's nothing good on TV. So what is it? What is it? Because God knows what it is in you. That's the one thing. This is why it gets quiet here. It gets uncomfortable. It gets like, you know, oh, you know mm, mm, mm. because God knows what's inside of you that you need. But do you know what it is? Can you call it out? Can you, can, you, can you lay it out there so it's exposed so it can be out of you? But we read here that God is glorified when we're going through these sufferings. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, so this is important to understand that the Lord is calling out to you. I'm calling out to you. I'm calling out to you. Don't get distracted. Cute kids are walking around. Look at you. You're going to miss it again. Oh, these cute kids are walking in. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, see, because God says, come to me. All of y'all that are tired, because some of y'all are tired, and, and, and you push through it. Right? You push through it. 
but it's saying all y'all that are tired come to me and we're missing the come to me. But it also says, and if you have a lot of burdens on you, come to me. Because some of us have so many burdens, so many feelings, so many emotions, so many regrets, and, and we're not coming to him. We haven't come to him when he, when he came here so we could come to him. And we decided not to come to him like we're hurting him. And all we're doing is hurting ourselves. But I like, I, I, like what, I like what Jesus said here. He says, come to me when you're tired. Come to me when you got this burden, and I'm going to give you rest. Because I know you need it. Because enough with the charades. Enough with masking the problem. Enough with the act. Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Now it's time, he says, to come to me. Come to me with your, your tiredness. And you know what's tiring, brothers and sisters? It's tiring when, 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 uh, when, I'm, when I got to play two, 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 two identities. You know what the hardest thing it is in life? To be a liar. You know how I know that? Because I was one. You know why it's hard to be a liar? Why do you think it's hard to be a liar, Liz? No idea, do you? You know why it's hard to be a liar? Because you got to remember your lie. What did I tell her? And then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then you're in front of that person and you say it different. And, you're, and then they're like, wait, wait, I thought you said, uh, I thought you said this. And you're like, oh, oh uh, did I? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah, I did say that. And this is, yeah, this is what I meant. So we lie to try to fix how people view us. When God says, you ain't got to lie to me, you can lie to me for. I see you. I see you inside. Come to me. I see you. You're tired. I see you. You're broken. I see you. You got so much weight on you. That's not no fat joke. You got so much burden. I see you. I've seen you for a while. And I see you, Moses, today. In my presence. Some might say the last time. I'm asking you to do something. And you're not going to do it. So we find God here telling us simple just just come to him he ain't asking you to sign a contract he's asking you to take a step towards him and let him start speaking to your heart if we turn here to John 14 18 if the group can pass up here You know, it was a long time ago when I remember reading this verse. At the time, I, you know, when I read it, it was, it, was, it was a little odd to me because 
when I read it, I heard it in English, and and English doesn't have the same impact as it does in Spanish. And, and, and when I started understanding Spanish more and understood um, people that were preaching, when when you know when they said huérfanos, you know I I didn't I didn't understand that huérfanos meant orphans. And and I think such an impactful statement that Jesus has here for us today. And again, some of us, you know, we, we're, we're, you know, the, the homes are loud. Kids are running around, riding on the walls, and, and, and it feels full, right? It feels full. But, but yet you still have a void in you. There's still a void inside of you. And God says this void that's inside of you is that you, 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 you lack something that you haven't fixed, and you've taken this on to things, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it hasn't helped your marriage. It hasn't helped you as a, as a son or a daughter. It hasn't helped you at work. It hasn't helped you as a person, as a human being. It's not people around you. It's you that's the problem. It's not people need to fix themselves around you. It's you that's the problem because there's something inside of you That's not being addressed because you haven't accepted that he will never leave you. And see, and we hold up this thing and it's this macho type of mindset, you know, like I'm strong and, you know, and, you know, I got to be strong. And when you respond to me, I got to respond strong because I can't let you see the little child crying inside. I can't let you see the hurt that's this. So I'm strong. And, and even though my dad and, and my mom didn't hug me a lot and I didn't, and I didn't get a lot of encouraging words. And, and I was always told that I couldn't do this, do that. And I'm strong, I'm strong until I'm not strong. And yet, and then we start to pass on to our kids what was passed on to us instead of breaking the curse. But God says here, I will not leave you comfortless. Come to you. I will come to you, he says. No os dejaré huérfanos, vendré a vosotros. Now, what's pretty powerful is that this statement was in the brink of him leaving. And you had disciples there with issues from growing up saying, there it goes again. There goes my dad. There goes my mom. There he goes. Look, at he was with us, and then there, this is life. Life stinks. Here we go again. Another relationship. But God said, look, I'm not going to leave you orphaned, but I'm going to send something for you. It's going to be with you going to watch over you my spirit's going to guide you it's going to correct your path and the spirit cannot be in us without the obedience of accepting jesus 
What is it to accept Jesus? It's to accept his word unfiltered. It's to believe him. It's to believe him. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters?